hello again. It's so great for you to join us for Kingdom Family Talks. And uh, my name is Scott Wilson. I have the privilege of being part of the team here at Global Mission Awareness. And an even greater privilege is being joined by two fine men uh, today. We have uh, Leif Hetland and Papa Jack Taylor. Welcome to both of you. It's good to be here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good to be here. Great to have age, you. It's here. good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we are, we're very thankful that you could join us today, Papa Jack. And uh, it's an absolute privilege to have you as, uh, as a guest and also have you as the the, the grandfather of the house. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so we're, we're honored. And uh, we, we wanted to take an opportunity while Papa Jack was in town today uh, just to really provide an, op- uh, an environment for, for Leif and Jack to really just share hearts and for us to really just, I suppose, become students of wisdom that uh, Papa Jack carries. And so I'm, I'm going to take a back seat to this one and just really allow uh, Leif and Jack to, to, to really just um, to get into some, some meaty wisdom uh, so, yeah, I'm excited. I'm also very <clears throat> excited because uh, it was about 16 years ago that we started a journey together that transformed my life. Uh, my life was changed in December. And many of you have heard the story 16 years ago when I had my baptism of love. I became a son. Uh, God became my papa, my father. But I also had a spiritual father that became Jack Taylor. And for 16 years, we've been on a journey together. And it brought to discovering the kingdom. And it has uh, transformed the way that I see God, the way I see myself, the way I see the world, and the way I see the future. And uh, so as we're looking at 2017, I'm so excited. We celebrate a new year together. And now we're sitting here. And hopefully some of the wisdom here is going to impact your life. It is going to give you hope in the middle of what many people think as hopelessness. And uh, that you're going to wake up in the morning with passion every single day because that you're going to see that God is ruling and reigning. So it is good to have you here, Papa Jack. And thank you also for Scotty to be here with us. And, and Papa, I just want you to just share some of, the, some of the things that is on your heart for this season. What are you excited about? Uh, do you mind if I say even how old you are? You are actually a young man, only 83 years old. So you've been through all kinds of seasons in life from Second World War to a lot of things that has happened. And here you are smiling, optimistic, excited about the future and even the time we're living right now. That excites me when I'm looking at your face and I'm seeing the excitement that is upon you. So Papa Jack, what is God saying to you these days? Well, he's saying so much (laughs) as I plunge into it. There's no telling what will come out. First of all, I confirm the fact that uh, I'm looking across the table at a son who's been a son for about uh, 16 years, 15, 16 years, and uh, it's been a signal blessing. And uh, I'm excited, however, uh, about the thing out of which that was born, and that is the concept of a God who rules a universe he created in love and has a purpose for it. And being a sovereign God, the ability, the dynamic to do anything about everything that needs to be done and be a winner at it, uh, that that excites me. And so I live uh, excited with that. And my, my feeling about this is that you and I need Never be burdened, frustrated, or in bondage any longer than it takes to remember two words. God rules. He really, really does. 
and that's what I want us to talk about. So we'll ask questions, and, and if he gets unruly, I'll kick his shins under the table. <laughs> and uh, so you listen to us. We're, we're going to talk about something. We'll be talking about 500 million years from this present moment, and it'll be about the only thing because it'll be the only thing that's left. The kingdom of God is the summation of all valid reality. Mm. Talk about it, you talk <laughs> about reality. Talk about other things, you're talking about sub-reality, non-realities, poor realities. And so we're going to talk about the premium thing, and uh, that's what we're going to discuss. And that's part of the reason why I'm excited. Mm. But tell me something. I mean, how did you discover the kingdom? Because I know you had been a preacher. You've been an author. You have seen revival. I think it was in the late 60s in San Antonio. I mean, you've been around the block is one way to say it. Yeah. And you've been around the world. And somehow in the middle of it, uh, about 20 years ago, you started to discover the kingdom, at least on a new level. So describe a little bit about that journey and, and 20 years into it, where you're at right now. I was born again 73 years ago, wow. <laughs> wow. and uh, I didn't have a lot of uh, discipleship information. I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't have any kind of information about the kingdom of God, and uh, the, the irony of that is that the Bible is full of the kingdom of God from Genesis to Revelation, and uh, when Jesus came, he preached a gospel that is called the gospel of the kingdom. It is the gospel which is the kingdom, uh, the fact that God rules. So I was born again when I was, uh, when I was a 10, and uh, no information. I even knew before I was born that I was called to preach. Strange. I've doubted my salvation, but I've never doubted my call to preach. Now that is, that's irony. And uh, so I never was without an urge to learn. Curious, I wanted to learn. I've never stopped wanting to learn. I have more passion to learn now than I ever have. And so uh, I, I learned to respect the fact that there were things I didn't know that I could know that, uh, that I wasn't hearing anything about. And so I listened to people, I read the Bible, I. Uh, I don't ever remember having anything but a passion to be better for him and to be the best I could be. My dad had three boys, and that was wealth in those days because we worked free of charge. Of course, we got part of the crop. But I learned the reward of making investments of energy. And uh, after 20 years of trying to be a Christian, the listen, I just, I knew this. I wanted to be the best hand God could make. We called helpers on the farm hands, farm hands. And so I wanted to be a good hand of God. I, I wanted to be a, a good servant. And, uh, and I tried. After 20 years, there were some secrets that I did not know that uh, upon learning transformed my life. And one of those was that after 20 years, as a Christian, I learned that the Christian life wasn't made to be lived by a human being. It takes God to live the Christian life. And God is, has helped himself to lives and put his life in the person of Christ by the Holy Spirit into us to live the life that is beyond anything we could live. 
So after all those years, I discovered one fact, that Jesus Christ, the risen Christ, raised from the dead, having died for our sins, was alive in the world today, living inside Jack Taylor. And that changed my life. I began to discover that not all truths are created equal. And when we learn the truth of truths, the prime thing, and what I'm about to mention, I believe is the prime thing. I have a friend who preaches all the time. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Uh, the only difference is uh, I think this is the main thing. And it is the fact that God rules and he rules as the father of a family and the kingdom of God, the king's domain, is the, is the family business. And so about uh, uh, 18 years ago, close to 20, I, uh, I tripped across this term, kingdom of God. I'd heard nothing about it in the seminary, had no one teach me about it, but I began to discover the kingship, the sovereign rule of God over everything, and it absolutely altered my life. Now, I'll mention two or three things now. To catch hold, to get the kingdom, is to discover that we haven't learned the deepest things about what we think we know enough about to stop learning <laughs> until we connect them to the kingdom. And we, we could go down the line of praise and eschatology and grace and the study of the spirit, study of salvation. The next thing is, as we connect them to the kingdom, they become connected to one another. And the value of those truths is gauged by putting them right in the hole, W-H-O-L-E, which is the kingdom. Now the other thing, and it's more subtle, is that no doctrine, nothing we believe is fully protected until we put the kingdom template over it and the kingdom becomes the monitor of correctness. And not only does that, that doctrine or whatever we believe or practice become more productive in, in the way of learning, but it's protected from heresy. And uh, I, I just, I, I ran across that one day. I heard the story of, my, I guess, my favorite author, with the exception of Leif Hetland on the kingdom, <laughs> is, uh, is E. Stanley Jones, who, who lived longer than, than uh, the normal. He was 86, and somebody... Uh, ask him. Well, he had a conversation with himself. When you're as old as we are, you, you can uh, you can practice the luxury of talking to yourself. <laughs> when you get as old as I am now, you can even answer yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and if you really, in a few years, I'll be able to argue with myself. <laughs> so E. Stanley Jones was uh, writing a book in a borrowed house, and he caught his visage in a mirror in an uh, adjoining room. The door was open, and he caught his visage in that mirror, and he began to practice the privilege of age and began to talk to himself. And he said, Stanley Jones, you're a happy man, aren't you? 
Well, and he answered himself, That I am. I am one happy man. And he answered himself again and said, Well, Stanley Jones, tell me why you're a happy man. He said, Well, let me think. Ah, I was walking across a field. I tripped my toe on something, and I looked down, and there was a treasure. I opened it. I found the kingdom of God, and I've been hugging myself ever since. Hmm. That's my story. Wow. If you then were to, in a simple way, define the kingdom, how do you define? Because when people are hearing the word, for some people that could mean the church, for somebody else it means something different. And I think that was part of, at least for me, until year 2000. I, I, I had read some books in regard to the kingdom. There were some good people in the 90s that described different parts of it. I remember George Eldon Ladd had a good book. Uh, so there's, there was different language, but somehow since then, I'm not saying that I have it yet, but at the same time, period, I think at least uh, there's a more clear definition what we mean with when you're talking about the kingdom of God. So if you could help just with a clear definition so the people, if you're talking about kingdom lifestyle or kingdom identity or kingdom foundation or kingdom family or kingdom economics, they know what we are talking about. I'm going to look at it in three ways. One from the etymological, that is the meaning of the word. The word kingdom is the joining of a person and a domain over which that person rules. In order to have a kingdom, you need a king, you need a domain, and you need rules of engagement between the king and his domain. Uh, the other is a biblical definition. The kingdom of God, Paul said in 1517 of Romans, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wow, we could talk two or three hours on that. that that's a definition. But let me give then a, a definition that seems to be downright practical, and here it is. The kingdom of God is the rule of God as creator and sovereign over everything and everybody, everywhere, for all time and eternity. Now that's the, that's the massive, that's the sizable uh, definition of the kingdom. In its earthly sense, the kingdom is essentially the emerging order of Christ among men. He is called the king of kings the Lord of Lords, and so on. That's amazing. We've been on this journey for the last, it's been actually 16 years now in December. And uh, you have also, um, we've had a joy of traveling the world and be able to see, uh, if you can say, the expression of the kingdom, the expansion of the kingdom, but also to see how we're becoming a family of families. And this is part of what we have talked about on this program is the kingdom family movement. Yes. You were just with us in Atlanta and, and you started to see family from around the world. We came together as a kingdom family. And now we are seeing the waves, the movement or the mission of this kingdom family and how you saw it in the Philippines. You saw it in Tanzania. You've seen it. You met with some of the Muslim leadership, not just there, but we're seeing it's not something we're just talking about. Now we are literally seeing how it looks like when heaven invades earth. But we're also seeing there is a kingdom culture, a family culture that is sustaining that. So if you are to describe some of the things that you're seeing, because what we want to 
uh, what everybody's listening, my heart for this is that in 2017, that we become kingdomized, that we will have kingdom glasses on, that we will be able to become kingdom possessed, have a kingdom virus to spread as a kingdom epidemic and to see the rule and the reign of what is in heaven in every area of earth because of all the horrific things that is mm-hmm. taking place. So back to my simple question here is more the kingdom as a family movement what are you seeing in regard to that papa of all the things god would have us call him when it came right down to talking to him uh, jesus is saying now this is how you pray and he gave us the words the words are significant but the meaning behind the words are thousands of times more significant he said two words that changes the whole game. He said, our, our. We're not in this alone. We're not lone rangers. We have an our orientation. And then he said, our father. A father implies more than that. It demands a relationship system. A father demands son. And if that repeats itself, you have a generational issue. And all of that becomes true in the kingdom, in its demonstration as well as its information and revelation. So in, in the second psalm, you have the, the evil of the world taking uh, issue with God and his anointed one, mm-hmm. the Christ, saying, let us break his bands asunder. Let us liberate man from this idea of God. And uh, then he, he said, I've called you my son. I give you the nations for your inheritance. And then he said, be warned, you nations. Be wise, you kings. And uh, kiss the son, lest he be offended. And uh, so the father-son paradigm is the kingdom in operation. The kingdom is a family. The meaning of a family is a unit guided by a system of thought that guarantees repetition, guarantees sharing, guarantees continuous growth and revelation. So the kingdom is a family. And that's what we're discovering. You and I have watched it happen where we've ministered and where we've ministered together, life. That is, we're discovering that this father-son paradigm never stops. And uh, somebody asked me years ago, what is your legacy? I didn't even know what a legacy was. I'd heard it. And I think I knew the word, uh, the dictionary defined. But a legacy is what you leave when you, when you leave. And the first thing I said is, well, I'm not going anywhere I'm staying here (laughs) but well when you do leave what do you want to leave and I thought God I've never thought this through and this is what I heard from God and and this is my legacy I want to leave when I leave sons and daughters who have sons and daughters who have sons and daughters who have repetition right on to the day Jesus comes who are discovering the kingdom who are declaring the kingdom and who are 
demonstrating the kingdom. And uh, that's what excites me because I see what is happening right now on this second day of 2017. A bulging in the earth, a shifting of ideas, a shifting of around the whole planet, if not throughout the universe. And the kingdom is bulging just about like the atom about to explode into a chain reaction of endless revelation of the kingdom of God. That's what's exciting to me. If you were to describe just now on an individual level, personal level, because of course the ones that are listening is individual people, what would a kingdom identity look like? How does it look like for an individual person where God rules and reigns in every area of their life? Somebody that has become, if you can say, possessed by the kingdom or somebody have seen that pearl that is so beautiful and valuable. Why wouldn't they sell everything to get hold of it? But what does that look like when a person like that go to bed at night? What does that look like for that person when he wakes up in the morning? What does a kingdom person look like? Hmm. A kingdom believer, a kingdom son and daughter, because again, what I think that everybody, when they're hearing this, will have a desire. There's a longing. There's something in us that was made for heaven on earth. A lot of us are not aware or was not aware of it until eventually it's taking place. So I'm just trying now to help us to connect so that we are seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then we can see all these things being added to us. Mm. Matthew 6, 33. So anyway, I throw the ball over to you with a simple wow. question. I love the question. I love the question. We never get beyond our idea of ourselves, a wrong concept of who we are, or a lesser concept than the concept of God, uh, is, is uh, a handicap and will affect every evaluation for all of our lives. So first of all, I have come to know this God who has chosen his identity to me in Christ. In Jesus Christ dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We don't know what that means. It's a mystery. But what it sounds like is God, in showing us Jesus, shows him his best, his expression that is the fullest possible expression. So first of all, I can really know Jesus as my Savior and through that become a child of this Creator God and become a part of a massive eternal family. Mm. And that simply means that when Jesus said this, I, I caught it one day and I caught it again this morning and, and it exploded again. Jesus summed it up by saying in 6.33 of Matthew, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. When I bought in, when I gave in to Jesus and let him in my life and yielded my all to him, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what would happen. I, I think I couldn't have lived had it all dawned on me at the same time. I feel like it would have blown my brains out my ears. <laughs> but uh, I saw it. I am saved personally from meaninglessness. I'm saved from wow. 
senseless, purposeless pain, <laughs> not saved from pain. I am saved in such a way and kept by God as my sovereign king in such a way that nothing can touch me that cannot be used of God to glorify him and better me. And so I, I see a personal element in that. And uh, that's how I identify who I am. Then as I look at others, I evaluate them in the same light. Mm. I hear a father saying, I love you because you are my child. I have put in you my love. And when I command you to love me, all you have to do is just say back to you. I want to love you because you first loved me. And because you first loved me, I can love you or you can love me from the standpoint of God. So uh, that's, that's what it looks like across the world to me. And I believe that God in his sovereignty has saved us to 2017 and across the earth, possibly more in other countries, more in third world countries, more in the unseen, unknown places, the kingdom of God is exploding. And uh, there is a term in, in nuclear physics called um, the, the, uh, the moment just before it breaks out, critical mass. I believe the whole church, the body of Christ across the world, at this moment is critical mass. The fuse is burning and the explosion is about to begin. And it will usher in. I've just finished a book. It'll be out uh, this next week uh, called Cosmic Initiative. And, uh, and I see it like this. God set in his eternal pattern and purpose an initiative in the world that the world could never get rid of. It stands over it. It was the fact that this earth seemingly would be the headquarters of rule over the entirety of the universe and would generate a family of human beings born again by the power of God, filled with the Spirit of God and ruling in the authority of God with His Son over the rapidly expanding universe. That's where I believe we are. Hmm. Wow. Wow, wow. Yeah. Bow, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if, if I can spend 10 minutes with somebody and tell them my view of reality, anointed, I believe they can catch the kingdom in yeah. 10 minutes. Wow. And it will alter their lives. Finding the kingdom made more difference in my life than the moment I was saved to me. Mm. Now, I was saved and I knew I was saved. There wasn't much of a feeling. I didn't know anybody that was excited. I wasn't sure you were supposed to be excited in church. But I knew I was saved. I knew something good had happened. But one day, 20, 30, 40 years down the line, I saw the kingdom of God, the central truth about a, a ruling God, mm. that I was his child destined to the throne uh, to rule with him, with every one of his own. 
through the endless years of eternity. I'm curious on one thing, Papa, connected to that, because I remember just my, my own journey in regard to year 2000. I became also a, 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 I would call it a rapid student of the kingdom and started to, to look at many, many different angles of it. But I know you, we were walking together during that journey, and it was a five-year journey that I was studying the kingdom. And I know you used the language, but uh, the, you don't study the kingdom. The kingdom is studying you. Yes. And then we know my journey. And the reason I'm saying that, because sometimes it comes in a seed format. And then it's kind of at a Matthew 13, and, and also where it talked about what it, it, the seed goes in a soil, and then it starts to expand, and then eventually takes over. So for me, it was sometimes, it was a process. And for other people, they've been in the process. And then when they suddenly discovering, they realize that's what's taking over my eyes, my ears, my hands. Every aspect of me is being now, because there's been a seed that's been growing. And then when they're discovering, we're hearing about the birth that took place. But they've been in a gestation period. So I'm just describing uh, the observation, because for some people, maybe it's frustrating because they've been in this process. And with the kingdom, they recognize it more and more. It is taking over more and more of their mind, more and more of their eyes, their hearts, their relationship, finances, until eventually there's, if you're saying, a tipping point where eventually. So for me, it had to come to a major brokenness, and you were part of that journey. And I remember so clearly when I came out of a treatment center, uh, and you said, now, uh, the kingdom has got you. I remember that so clearly. But I remember also when I asked you, hi, Papa, five years earlier, how does the kingdom look like? So the journey of those five years uh, was very, very crucial for me. But it has not been before. As I said, it took over five years before there was something that died. So can you describe a little bit what you're seeing here? The difference between somebody that they're starting, they're getting a longing for the kingdom, start to study in the kingdom, they're going after the kingdom. And then other people, as you're saying, that they have been in a process and there's a birthing thing that just changes everything. It is the pleasure of God and the purpose of God that every born-again person in the world be a kingdom seeker. It's so pivotal that Jesus didn't say what he said about the kingdom of any other thing. So we're enjoined in, in church to seek a lot of things. And most of us get confused about which comes first. And we, we sort of lapse into lethargy because somebody over here, here thinks that's the most important thing and somebody over here believes that. We don't have any doubt about that. Jesus said, seek first. That means before anything else. That means to seek it again and again. And with it comes a massive, subtle secret. God knows that if you start seeking the kingdom, you will find it. And the kingdom will come crowding in. That is the rule of God. God coming in, introducing himself as the king. And he will fill your life. And things will subtly be crowded out. That you said, well, why should I give that up? That, uh, that's uh, an enjoyment. and There's nothing wrong with it. And that's true. But God is out to kingdomize you to the extent that the kingdom is not just a part, it's the whole. Mm -hmm. 
and we never see the value of the parts until until we see how they fit into the whole. You help me to describe that because I remember nine, ten years ago we talked about a subject, and you we talked about a kingdom template. Yes. And actually, Scotty and myself talked about it earlier today. It's almost like the the picture of a puzzle because he did some puzzling during the Christmas. But he said each piece had a purpose when he had seen the picture. Absolutely. So you used the same picture with me about a car. So if you were to describe yeah. that situation, what is a kingdom template? What does yeah, that look like? Well, it's the uh, it's the revelation about how it all fits together and how we can become a part of that fitting so uh, let's just uh, press that illustration here here I'm standing in a in a place and there's a pile of material in front of me there, there's rubber there's metal there's uh, a round square long uh, there's tubular stuff there's there's glass, there's everything, and it's a big pile, and it, it's quite meaningless to a, an uninformed kid. And I, I said, what is that? And somebody said, that is an automobile. An automobile, you mean all of that is has the capability of becoming something that in itself has direction and life and beauty when it all fits together. And so the template forms the directions of how all this fits. Uh, that's a poor illustration uh, in that there, there's no way to adequately in, uh, integrate and, and uh, satisfy ourselves completely trying to describe the kingdom. But, well, I, I can't believe that this has value because all I can see is the pieces. Now, a, a psychiatrist years ago coined this term. The whole is always different than, he said, uh, different than the sum total of its individual parts. Mm -hmm. So what you have in this pile of material are the individual parts, but no concept of the whole. But it, it's like magnetism. It's like something that hasn't been created. And all of a sudden you lay a template over it and everything begins to find its place. The bolts and the nuts and the the glass and the cloth and the rubber and, and the pistons and all the, the aggregate parts of the, uh, of the automobile. And uh, uh, he said, well, I, I, I can't explain it to you, but I'll tell you what, come by next Friday and I'll show you. And so I come back the next week and a team of mechanics has plunged itself into an army of helpers knowing where this fits, where that fits. And there stands an automobile, a sleek, shiny, beautiful object that properly handled and directed would send us into, into the, the, the spaces around us. And it's magnificent. The whole is the kingdom. The value of the parts is not in themselves as little parts, but where and how they fit, not only into the whole, but with one another into the whole. And so uh, the, the template, I looked for that word for months mm. in a study of the kingdom, and finally it came, a template. Here is a, a system of truth. And uh, you know it's all true, but it doesn't quite make sense until a template Maybe uh, maybe a better word might be pattern. 
but the pattern is laid over. But this is a dynamic pattern, the pattern that catches things and brings them into their place, brings them. And uh, so that's what happens when we preach the kingdom, when we teach the kingdom, when we study the kingdom, and something of dynamic epistemology, how we learn what we learn, takes place, and it's an absolute miracle. I've been studying the kingdom for 18, 19 years. Today, I've had more revelation about the kingdom since six o'clock this morning than, uh, than I, I can declare in hours. And it's happening. And it's so vast, so dynamic, so great, that we could, we could study 20 hours a day for the rest of our lives and for several lifetimes and never catch more than a particle of how much the kingdom is, how vast it is, and how everything fits together. And I'm, I'm talking a mystery. Of course, the kingdom of God is a mystery, an unfolding mystery. A million years from this minute, we will still be looking at the kingdom and saying, ah, wow, I see, I see how this fits. And the important thing is, to me, I'm a part of this. And my relationship to you includes, and all the other yous all around us, we're together in this, and God is giving direction. And uh, I'm a part of this kingdom. Hmm. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm interested also a little bit about the future, because I think that as people are looking into the future, and we talk about eschatology or the worldview or how we are seeing the end time that a lot of people are talking about. I know from a kingdom perspective, because this was a change that happened in my life 16 years ago, as I'm looking into the future, I'm a very much of an optimist. I was not before, because before when I looked into the future, uh, darkness was actually a good thing because it was a sign of the end time. Mm -hmm. Now darkness is an opportunity for me to arise and shine, for his light has come. So it's a totally different way of seeing it. Every time I see these giants in the world, suddenly now realizing why as a giant slayer, here is an opportunity to dream with God yes. and to be involved in some of the things that he's doing in regard to it. So I'm saying that in regard to uh, worldview, when people and a lot of the churches, and they've had a view even about that the world is going to get worse and worse when they don't have a kingdom worldview. And eventually the darkness is going to hover this whole earth and they're forgetting about eventually the whole kingdom agenda that there was a God that started well that ends it well. And we just need to understand the time we're living in, what God is doing and focusing on what God is doing and get in on what he is doing. And that's of course according to the kingdom. So I'm saying that just to, to say, Papa, if you're going to give some wisdom because as I'm looking at 2017, there's different glasses I can have. Or I'm looking in the next 10 years into the future of what God is doing in the world. So if you were to look into the future, why are you so optimistic in regard to even the trends, what we are seeing right now? Eschatos simply means last. Yeah. Well, uh, probably a bad description because there's no such thing as last <laughs> unless you want to use it as something that lasts. <laughs> So we focus on a part of the truth, sometimes to the neglect of the whole picture. And so things look bad to the naked eye. But when we clothe our eyes with all the truth, we can't be sad about anything past, present, or future. 
And if your eschatology produces sadness and depression and dread, it is an eschatology that God never intended. And so we must develop, develop a, a uh, kingdom view. I like uh, cosmos, a view of the cosmos, the cosmological view, the view of how everything ultimately fits into the glad, successful pattern of God's intentions. And so uh, I, I think we will see eschatology greatly refined in the very next months. Uh, it has already begun yeah. and uh, into a victorious eschatology. Yeah. If not you want to get me out of here, Lord, save me from this and give up on the earth. We're not encouraged to do that. Now, and also, of course, we know Matthew 24, 14. It starts with but this gospel. So shouldn't sons and daughters be bent towards good news because it is the good news of the yes, kingdom yes. that will be preached? Yes. And so why is people representing bad news when the gospel of the kingdom is good news? The rule and the reign, kingdom economics, kingdom health care, kingdom... I mean, you can look at all the different subjects. So suddenly now... People are becoming experiencing freedom because the kingdom is in the spirit. And with the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty and there is freedom. So people find freedom. Suddenly now you see corruption is being, because when you suddenly have the order of the kingdom coming in, we're eliminating corruption, addiction. And you could just go on and on of global problems that is on a level when people do not have the kingdom of God. So you're seeing that light is now penetrating darkness. But even what that's going to do for the global economy, what that is going to do for healthcare. So even now, actually, the trends of the kingdom, and we just heard Pastor Steve Hale doing a phenomenal job yes. just here on Sunday preaching a great, great message, just seeing how the world is actually getting better and better. Do you believe the world is getting better and better or worse or worse? Yes. Which one? Yes. Evil is getting worse and worse. <laughs> yeah. God and good are getting better and better. Mm. Now, the present uh, the bad sells newspapers. The bad sells television time. The bad, uh, and so the good is neglected. And that's good from this standpoint. God works better and more unimpeded in dark times than in bright times. So while, while we're focused and the devil is focused on the visible, on the tangible, I can make a mess here, and I can make a mess here. He's forgetting that God is working subsurface. God is working behind the shadows. And God is about to pull open, rip open the revelation of heaven. And, and we're going to see ourselves right in the middle of the will of God. And my, my worldview, my cosmic view is this. We stand at the, at the parapet. We're... We're standing at the very edge of the greatest season of harvest, miracles, the knowledge of the presence of God. We're standing right on the edge of that and about to walk into it. So things are getting better from God's point of view. From the devil's point of view, it's getting worse. And he's so pleased with what he sees, he's gazing at the wrong thing. And we're gazing at the right thing. And gazing at the right thing will mean the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the rule of God. And since God rules and God is God, God always wins. Yeah. 
evil is being used in the negative of establishing the positivity or the positiveness of the kingdom of God. Mm. Things are definitely getting better and better and worse and worse. Mm. But we glance at what is getting worse and gaze at what's getting better, declare ourselves to be a part of it, and walk in the power of God in broadcasting the gospel of the kingdom. Let me ask you one more question here. Why is good news so hard to believe? Well, we know just factual, more people are being raised from the dead now than ever before. More people are being healed now than ever before. More people are being saved now than ever before. More nations right now being actually invaded by heaven on earth like we've never seen it before. You and I talked about so many of the different things that we just know of what God is doing all over the world. But why is it somehow that people are bent towards negativity and the bad news and even the devil gets so much credit and he's an orphan that loves to get a lot of attention. But why do we give him so much attention when on the other side there's so much good news that is happening? Why are we not as a, as a people bent towards good news in the same way as bad news? First of all, we tend to talk most about what we heard or what we hear because bad news sells better than good news. That's all we hear. And so we become experts in, in analyses and we get the paralysis of analysis. Mm. And we say, oh, I can give you this figure and that figure and, and figures until the statistics burden us down. And, we just uh, we feel like an elephant is sitting on our chest. <laughs> but when the good news begins to escape, it's good news. The gospel, the gospel, the word means good news. And we have the audacity mm. as believers to declare there is such a thing as the good news. And it's stated in a few words. It can be stated in two words. God rules. Mm -hmm. He still rules. He always has. He always will. He wins. We win. And on that, build a system of, of, of thought that walks us into continuous victory. So I think the reason we, we have difficulty believing the good news is that we've talked ourselves into looking at the bad news until we're convinced that's all there is. And we see a little light at the end of the tunnel, and, and it's the train that runs over us. And... and uh, and we say, well, it just, uh, there's no hope. But listen, there's a prayer Paul prays. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, hope in, in the biblical use does not mean a contingency that might or might not happen. It is being absolutely certain of something that you can neither see, taste, touch, hear, smell. It just is the hope of the gospel, the hope of God. He is the God of hope. And so uh, I think what we've, what we've found ourselves believing is that it's too good to be true. Mm. It's too good not to be true. Mm. And, and give me some bad news and you've given me ground to stand on to say to you that bad news God lets me see in order to declare to that condition just you wait because you're about to be replaced by good news and it's going to be better news to the good 
then you are the bad news in the bad. That's about to happen. Wow. I think that uh, we need to spend uh, just a few moments for us just to, to, to receive a blessing from you, Papa, because part of my heart is what is taking, what is taking place in my life and so many other of, of our spiritual family. We've become a kingdom family movement right now. And in 22 Nation, we have culture that is literally changing the culture in those nations. So I'm already uh, looking at Look among the nation and see what I'm doing. Be utterly amazed because I'm doing something in your days. You wouldn't believe it if you were told. Habakkuk 1.5 says. And that's kind of a my worldview. But I, I realizing that uh, all over the place right now, that God is just, uh, as I'm saying, he's, he's, he's spreading this beautiful kingdom virus. And people are now, it, we literally are seeing that in the earlier days, 16 years ago, it, it took so long before you started to see somebody popping up. But now this is the new norm that people, I mean, I'm hearing stories all the time of people just becoming kingdom possessed they're so possessed by the king they're being so overwhelmed by the king and the king is overwhelming them and the way they live their life they started to reign with him in life on a daily basis and that's what's taking place we're learning how to reign in life Romans uh, I think it is 517 that is using this expression so Papa I, I sense in there that there's an impartation this is who you are this is what you are carrying and so even if you if you have any practical words of wisdom but then I want to receive I want each one of us to receive an impartation even every single day in every way that we're going to experiencing to be able to look up and to be able to see a king who rules and reigns and to see who we are in him and then as we're so reigning in life together with him as I am so are you in this world and that we're going to represent heaven here on earth and we're going to see this world being filled with the glory of God as water covered the sea yes let's go back then to where we started seek first Jesus said seek first the kingdom of God, the government of God, the way God rules in righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his way of life, righteousness. Uh, Righteousness, peace, and joy. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. Now, we shouldn't be chasing all these things. Hmm. God has promised to take care of them. He said, if you'll take care of my business, seek my business, live in my big house. Hmm. Uh, The word house is in that statement when Jesus answered his mother. He said, don't you remember, Mom, that I must be in my father's house is the literal rendering. He was talking about God's big house, the kingdom. And so uh, here's the deal. You're seeking for something, whether you know it or not. And many of you are finding what you're seeking and it doesn't satisfy. You're seeking wealth. The rich man will tell you that wealth does not bring satisfaction. You're seeking pleasure, but the kind of pleasure the world gives doesn't last. All that you're seeking, and this is an act of faith, all that you're seeking is found in God. He has drawn the playing rules. You seek my kingdom first and I'll take care of your kingdom and so let me just use this word seek seek start today seeking what I'm going to pray is an impartation of the passion to seek the kingdom first 
and God's righteousness. Now, this is not a cheap commitment. You're saying yes to the biggest deal you ever signed your name to. And so I, I want to pray for you to seek. Remember this, the first three letters of the word seek are S-E-E-C. We do not occasion to seek what we haven't somewhat seen. So I want to caution you and promise you that if you will start looking for kingdom sightings, little things that happen that can't be explained. Well, now, that was a coincidence. Probably not. It mm -hmm. probably was God trying to get your attention about what's on his mind. Mm. Wow. And you, you get a kingdom <laughs> sighting. And you say, wow, wow, a kingdom <laughs> sighting. And what you treat as a coincidence is God nudging you and say, look, see, that's what this means. So you see the kingdom. You generally, when you see something of value, you seek a deeper implication of it. You begin to seek. That seeking leads to a, well, let me just get reckless with words, and, and seeing the kingdom sighted will cause seeking the kingdom, which will cause a seizure on the part of one whose kingdom is being sought. And we're not sure who's grabbing hold of whom. I have been apprehended by that which I'm seeking to apprehend. I've been reaching out to catch the kingdom, and the kingdom in God has been reaching out to catch me. And there is impact. There is engagement. It happens. It happened to you and me that day when we were praying, when I said, you're my son, and I'm pleased with you. Something happened. The, a wind shear came down on the table kitchen between table. us. Yeah, yeah, on the kitchen table. There was an engagement. Mm -hmm. God is ready to engage you in the kingdom. So, All you need to do is reach out a, a hand in your life. Just it's a, it's a good gesture to hold hands out. Mm -hmm. In the Orient, you, you uh, receive a gift by holding out both your hands because it's ill-mannered to, to reach out as if it's such a casual gift. You can catch it in one hand. What you're about to receive will fill your hands mm -hmm. and fill your life. <laughs> and so what I'm going to pray is that what has happened here you may have tuned in five minutes ago. You may have been handed this, uh, whatever the vehicle is through which this message comes. But there's enough information shared over the past uh, 45 minutes or so. Enough for you to catch it. Say, God, I think I'm about to catch it. And God is saying, I think I'm about to let it catch you. Mm -hmm. and, and that's going to happen. <laughs> so just put your hands out right now. Mm. And uh, this is why I live. I preach, I write, and my goal is that every hearer be so intrigued, feel so welcome and invited to seek something, that in the discovery of it will change their entire lives, in fact, their entire eternity. And so right now, Father, I bless every one of these hands reaching out. And those who need one hand on the steering wheel, Lord, let them stay safe and just reach one, mm. and uh, they mean both. So right now, I claim for every listener an anointing, unceasing anointing, to seek the kingdom, to see the kingdom, and seek it, and see it, and seek it, and see it more, and seek it more intensely.
until they are seized by it, mm -hmm. until they soar in the spiritual atmosphere of understanding. And they live in the sharing of the kingdom through lip and life, through words and action. So right now, I pray an impartation, an anointing. Mm. These issues, I pray that there be regarding the kingdom an accelerated understanding, accelerated understanding, an elevated anointing to pursue the kingdom, a precisional discernment about how to go on in kingdom truth and how to share it. Mm. And ultimately, I pray for them and for us the ability to accurately articulate the kingdom, especially to those who don't have confidence in the way they say things. They may be like Moses, who couldn't talk well, and so he needed help from Aaron. Well, uh, he kind of talked above Aaron all the time when you got a hold of him with your purpose. So right now, I pray these four things over them. Again, uh, immediate, accelerated understanding, elevated anointing, precisional discernment, and accurate articulation. Let little children open their mouths hmm. and hear themselves speak of the kingdom. Let preachers stand who have little understanding of the kingdom but become teachers of themselves under the anointing of God to speak the truths of the kingdom. And let the song sung over that manger scene be heard again. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to men of goodwill. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Thank you, Lord. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You wouldn't give us a prayer to pray. You hadn't already answered. We seize the answer, and we get to be a part of the coming kingdom. Hmm. The kingdom having come, and the kingdom which will rule the universe. Thank you for letting us be a part. Hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 <laughs> Wow. Well, what a, what a privilege. I need to share this with 10 friends, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> so. I think uh, share the wisdom that multiplies. <laughs> yeah, well, what an absolute privilege to have you here, Papa Jack. And, and uh, we thank you for taking the time to spend with us and to share with the family. Uh, as always, if you want to connect with us, uh, you can visit our website at globalmissionawareness.com and uh, connect with lots of resources there and information about what we're doing amongst the nations in 2017. And also watch out for Papa Jack's new book, Cosmic Initiative. Cosmic Initiative. The Papa Jack, how can, they, how can they connect with your new book? Well, you can uh, Amazon. You can, On you Amazon? Can call, you can uh, jackrtaylor.com. You look everywhere. Dimension Ministries. Be, Dimension Fantastic. Ministries, Sun's Link. And that's coming um, out when? 
It's out. It's out. Okay. I've not seen it. <laughs> but I'll go home and probably have a shipment of Wonderful. the first books. Wonderful. And they've already arrived in our offices in Fort Worth, in Bedford, a thousand of them. And these will go out. We're formally releasing the book this coming Sunday. Wow. Uh, on, uh, on January 8th. And uh, so they can get it. It'll be available. Just yell Cosmic Initiative and somebody will say, I know where you can get it. Wonderful. And uh, I'm, I'm in love with the uh, subtitle the publisher's given it. Recovering the Kingdom. Igniting the Awakening. Wow. I believe that's happening. Come on. Come on. Well, don't, don't miss out on that. And uh, we look forward to being with you next time. Until then, bless you. Amen.